You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Back to the same old place. All right, welcome everybody to this bonus episode here for Bears Nation Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Lapka, alongside my co-host, Chris Nano. Today, we've got a little bit of a special episode. We asked you, the listeners, to send in your MP3 audio files of your questions, thoughts, or opinions on the Bears, and we got some responses. So we're going to go through all that were sent in and answer your guys' question. Let's go to our first caller we have. Here is his message. What's up, guys? It's Mark from Jefferson Park in Chicago. Got a couple questions for... Bears Nation podcast, number one, how just absolutely stoked do you think Mitch was on the sidelines during that Rams game, watching Foles make just a fool of himself? That's the number one question. And then number two, uh, what's the move for the Bears this offseason? What do we do? What do we do with that QB situation? We have faith in Foles and Mitch, or we go get someone free agency in the draft, something like that. Uh, let me know what you guys think. Thanks. So, Chris, first of all, I will say, I think Mitch Trubisky was on the sideline just saying, I told you so. You know, sitting back saying, what I tell you guys, it wasn't me. It wasn't my fault all along. So, yeah, I think Mitch was a little bit stoked because anytime Nick Foles throws an interception, he thinks that's maybe one more step closer to him being back in the game. Man, you know, I, I really don't think so. I, I really don't. Um, I... I I feel like there was maybe a sense of relief for him, just knowing that, kind of like what you said, you know, it wasn't all my fault. It it wasn't all my fault, and I feel like a lot of us have been trying to say say that for a while, um, and it's you know it's coming to light now. But you know, just the just everything we've heard about Mitch um, from you know some of the special guests that we had that we've had on this podcast, um, just some of the stuff that's come out about him and his time um, from his time in Chicago. Like he just seems like that guy that that's all for the team. And honestly, I don't think he was happy seeing Foles fail. I don't think he's he's um, you know stoked at all seeing the, this this offense struggle. But that's just yeah. my uh, my take with that. I think that's fair, but I do think there is, I mean, there, there is part of him that's got to be thinking, you know, like he wants to play and he wants to be on the field, whether it's for the Bears or not, whether it's, you know, he's a football player, he wants to be playing football. And if something happens that could lead to that, you know, in the back of his mind, he's he, he is a team guy and we've heard that and it's great. But in the back of his mind, come on, like, you know, he's thinking that, uh, you know, okay, maybe there is a chance I come back now, you know, there's a higher chance than there was before after Monday night's game, right? I mean, that's got to be in the yeah, back I'm- of his head at least. Fair enough. I just don't know if I'd use the word stoked. That's kind of, I feel. Sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. And for the second uh, part of that question, Mark, thanks for the call, my man. Um, off season, And then this is what I'll tell you is my biggest um, want in the offseason as it pertains to the quarterback position. I want Dak Prescott. I want him bad, Chris. I want him bad. You look at the Cowboys. 
they're you know about to blow up uh, internally blow up because there's issues with Mike McCarthy and their players and they're going to be I would assume a top 10 pick in the running for a Justin Fields maybe even a trade Lance and they're going to blow the organization up is, is what I think is going to happen and they're going to say you know what Dak we love you um, you know sorry the injury happened we're not paying you 30 million dollars in the next four years of a rebuild that's what I see happening and I think Ryan Pace would be willing to take a shot on a guy like him that is my offseason priority right now I know we're far away from that but that was the question I'm, I'm going Dak Prescott is my guy who I want to see on the Bears uh, this offseason yeah I mean I think that should be everyone's number one option um, I think that should be the top priority the only thing is I'm just not sure with the money how it's going to work um, I, I, you know I, that's kind of the main thing I just don't know how realistic it is but in terms of wanting him I don't think anybody any Bears fan should say no to Dak Prescott if you're saying no to Dak Prescott like your opinion is is just automatically invalid at that point but um, <laughs> what I here's the thing. Here's been my train of thought about this whole thing uh, with the quarterback. So if the Bears, you know, assuming they make the playoffs, I think we both, you know, agree mm-hmm. that they probably will. They're not going to have, a, a, you know, a high enough draft pick to go get one of the top quarterbacks. And my thing has always been, um, you know, just talking in group chats with some Bears fans and just, uh, you know, Twitter friends, um, you know, that I know personally, like my thing has, has always been um, like, I don't want the Bears to reach for a quarterback. I want that elite prospect at quarterback. I don't think they have. You know, I just don't want to sit through another risk. And, like, I get it. Every quarterback is a risk, no matter how highly touted of a prospect they are. You know, it's always going to be a risk. A rookie is always a risk. But the thing is, I if it's not one of the top four guys, and my top four guys are Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Zach Wilson, if it's not one of those guys, I'm not pounding the table for anyone. And I'm honestly okay with waiting another year until we get a quarterback, as crazy as that sounds. Because I do not want to invest in a huge risk. I, I just don't think – I can't take it anymore. I just can't. And I just don't think that would be a good idea. So um, Dak Prescott, I feel like, would make the most sense um, based on like where the Bears are at currently. Um, but, yeah, if it's not one of the, the top four guys, I, I and I don't think – the Bears will be in a position to get one of those guys. Um, I think, um, you know, I, I'm okay with waiting one more year and honestly just rolling with Foles and signing another backup. Wow. I mean, I don't know if I'm <laughs> willing to roll with Foles, but at least sign a different free agent or something. Uh, we'll have to look at that as we get into the offseason. Still plenty of 2020 season left. Let's go to our next caller here. What's up, guys? It's Hunter from Columbus, Ohio. And I think that the Bears have a couple of problems that should be addressed. Firstly, Matt Nagy, uh, I don't think he's a very good play caller. I don't think he holds locker room very well. You know, with all the animosity with the quarterback situation, Trubisky being inconsistent, and then obviously Foles being inconsistent as well. Um, You're just never going to beat big teams with those quarterbacks. They can't make big plays. Occasionally they do, but they, you know, typically they don't. So either got to trade up and get somebody out of the draft or tank the season and, you know, hope for a high draft pick or, you know, pick up a free agent or something like that. But what they're doing now just isn't going to work. 
What's up, guys? So, obviously, a lot of these questions we're going to get are going to be about the quarterback, but the first part of his question I kind of want to thanks for the call, Hunter. I appreciate that, um, was about Matt Nagy's play calling. And this is what we talked about, you know, in the last episode. And there's been, you know, today the press conference with Matt Nagy, he explicitly came out and said, I'm not going to give out the play calling. He didn't say those exact words verbatim, but he basically said he's not giving up the play calling. And, oh, the positivity in 5-2. and two, And I, you know, great, I'm positive about it as well. You know, it's a, you still have to look at the fact that they're 5-2. and two, But the fact that week after week everyone in the whole world is diagnosing the problem and Matt Nagy's the only one who doesn't see that there's an issue there and doesn't see that there needs to be a change in play calling I feel like there's a little bit maybe of an ego there maybe a little bit of selfishness there I don't know Chris but you know not just 2020 but 2019 week after week Matt Nagy you're the problem do something to fix it Ah, uh, nah. I think I, I think there's problems in other areas. I think that's a testament of who he is uh, as a coach, and, and that's a problem. Um, you know, you've—I'm sure you've seen it too. But the word narcissist has been thrown around, and um, yeah, and you know, I, I don't agree with that necessarily. But I mean, there are <laughs> there are a few examples of of, <laughs> of why you know I feel like that argument kind of has some merit to it. But look. This is exactly what I was talking like, I, man, I, I don't even want to, you know, it's just so, okay. We talked about on our last episode, we were talking about, um, you know, why we think the bears are in a good, or are still in a good position, this and that, but this, this right here, what we're talking about right now on this particular question is exactly why I said, I do not trust the bears moving forward for the rest of the year. This is the problem. You have a guy who doesn't even acknowledge that there is a problem. So why would I trust? Mm-hmm. Why would I trust things to get better? You know what I mean? And I, I think, you know, everything uh was it hunter that that asked the question i don't yep. remember the name okay so uh just one thing um i agree with all of what hunter um said except the fact that um you know he said that he doesn't believe matt Nagy's holding the locker room together well enough i disagree with that part yeah. um i yeah. think it, if there's one thing matt Nagy is good uh good for i feel like it's that um you know despite all the because honestly if you think about how bad the problems are like I, I feel like things are kind of not being talked about as much as they should, and I think that's because Matt Nagy's done such a great job of kind of holding everything together. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to mention that. But yeah, I agree. I mean, this play calling thing—it's—it's it's obvious at this point. Like, I, no one's really, you know, no one's really dropping hot takes by saying he's a—he's a bad play caller. I think everyone kind of knows that at this point, which is kind of unfortunate. Very, very unfortunate. Again, appreciate the call, Hunter. Let's go to our next caller here. This is Eric Minogue calling from Chicago. Um, I wanted to get your guys' take on the Bears' run game. Um, was it the Rams' defense that just, or is it just our O line that's that bad? Um, can David Montgomery uh, fill the shoes of Tariq Cohen for the rest of the year? Like, is it really a reliable run game? And then my second question is just about the play calling. Um, if Matt Nagy's play calling is this bad, should he just not call offensive plays? Or does it look more like next season he won't be working for the Chicago Bears? 
Ooh, coming in hot with the next season, will he not be working for the Chicago Bears? I don't know about that yet, but I kind of want to focus on the run game uh, and what you brought up about Dave Montgomery. Eric, thanks a lot for the call, my guy. Um, you know, this is interesting because what I found noticeable about that audio message was the fact that he said Dave Montgomery filling in the shoes of Tariq Cohen. Um, and I thought that was just an interesting take because that goes to show, like, people don't even think that Dave Montgomery is a true number one. People week after week, I think, are losing that faith, including myself, including, I think, even you, Chris. Um, but the there is a guy out there who could be filling the shoes of Tariq Cohen, and his name's Lamar Miller, but then you go back to the whole not diagnosing the problem or really not understanding the problem uh, or not understanding that the fact that there is a problem and not bringing that guy up to the um to the active roster. I mean, why is Lamar Miller still on the bench? I have no idea. This is not a reliable running game. No one in their right mind can say this is a reliable running game. Hell, you can't even get a first down on third and one half the time, fourth and one half the time. Uh, you have no idea what you're even doing. I mean, the fact that you even have to consider putting in Cordell Patterson in those situations is baffling to me. Um, so, no, this is not a reliable run game. They need to be a run-by-committee team, and they're right now one-dimensional, and I'm not even sure what dimension that is. So, Chris, I'll throw that over to you. Yeah, um, you know, this this run game is far from reliable. Um, I, and, you know, we, we've kind of talked about it. We've kind of, you know, just absolutely hammered the point that, like, there's just so many problems with the run game. I, I think even you'd agree, like, it's not it's not one guy. Um, it's not all on David. Regardless of what you think about David Montgomery, it's not all on David Montgomery. Yes. It's also not uh, completely all on the offensive line. And it's also not completely all on the play calling. Like, it's just all three combined just being terrible. That's causing, you know, us to be, you know, ineffective in in the run game. So, um, you know, it, it's just, yeah, we're, we're far from reliable. I feel like that's the best, uh, best answer to that. And then, as far as Matt Nagy um, and not being, you know, or not working for the Chicago Bears um, next year, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm really not opposed to it. I, I just, I, that, that whole, you know, being a great players coach can only take you so far, um, you know, especially in this day and age, as we've also mentioned in the past, like everything's catered to the offense. If you can't move the ball down the field, you're going to struggle. Um, I, I really just think that's kind of the bottom line with all this. I would, I'm not, I'm still not pounding the table for Matt Nagy to, to be fired. Cause I think he does hold some value, but it's just like, how, how long can he go without realizing what, you know, a big part of the problem, like that's kind of, you know, a testament to him. Like it, like how it's kind of, it's almost arrogance, you know? And, um, I feel like that arrogance can is only going to hurt him in the long run. So he either fixes things or, you know, I, I don't think a lot of people would be too mad if you were to get fired if, if this continues. Think about it this way. You have the option next year to start the year with the same roster you have, a different quarterback, but instead of the head coach being Matt Nagy, it's Eric Bieniemy. I mean, are you saying no to that? Oh, I, I'm definitely not saying no to that. I think it's funny because – even if you look at the Kansas City Chiefs offense when, when Matt Nagy was there, like he every time he called plays, their offense stalled. And then every time he kind of every time Andy Reid was like, all right, you know what? Screw this. Let me call the plays. The offense <laughs> was moving. It looked everything looked more organized. Everything was flowing better. And, you know, it, it it's it's funny because um, when you watch a uh, being like he's just he's I'm pretty sure calling the plays right now. Um, if I'm, if I remember correctly and yes, you know, yes, I mean, look at their offense. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think that's a coincidence at all. Um, and, and I feel like that's a guy that the bears should be, you know, monitoring. 
And I think he, I think maybe he should be on the hot seat because, again, like everyone, the defense against it is the record. If you ask that question to a million other Bears podcasters, they're all going to say no because, oh, he's, you know, whatever record, 25 and 14. I think it's like something like that. It's a good, it's a damn good record. But the thing is, like, you can't attribute any of those wins to the offense or Absolutely maybe a not. few. Maybe a few, um, and I'm not saying he doesn't like he doesn't deserve credit for what the defense is doing. He doesn't deserve full credit for the wins, but it's like again, like we we become. I feel like we're complacent in the sense that okay, we're winning, um, and, and you know we're five and two, and we were twelve and four in 2018, and although it's a down year, like his record is still good. But that's complacent. Like this is a championship team that should be reaching the Super Bowl, and if you're not getting there, then that falls on the head coach. So Bears fans, you know, stop being, you know, stop shooting for just a, a, a first round um, or, or wild card birth and then losing shoot for the Super Bowl if you don't get there then okay that's the problem because we would all agree that this is a Super Bowl team or at least a team with the talent to get there and it's not getting done um, so like you kind of really just talked me into the fact that he should be fired uh, and I'm fine with keeping Ryan Pace I really don't have a problem with that let Eric Bieniemy take the lead if they had to pick a new quarterback um, but yeah I'm, I'm, I'm all in on that but let's go to our next caller here hey Kev Ethan Goldberg calling in from Columbus, Ohio. Quick question for you. After Monday night's performance against the Rams, is Matt Nagy on the hot seat? There it is. The same exact question there. Is Nagy on the hot seat? Appreciate the call, uh, Ethan. But that just goes to show, Chris, how many people are just thinking about this, right? I mean, this isn't like uh, a hot this isn't a hot take here, the fact that Matt Nagy should be fired. And it's kind of uncharacteristic that you see maybe a head coach get fired after three years in this type of fashion. But the kind of the way I want to spin this is, is it a package deal if Matt Nagy gets fired that Ryan Pace also has to get, you know, removed as well? Or do you think what I kind of brought up earlier is a possible scenario where, you know, he goes, uh, Nagy goes, that is, Ryan Pace stays, uh, hires a new head coach, and they roll with him? I, I think they should be a package deal. Uh, I really do. Um, but if I had to guess, I feel like it's more likely um, that Nagy gets fired and Pace stays um, because I feel like that'll be like, you know, uh, Pace's last, you know, last ditch opportunity to be like, hey, man, it's not on me. Look, let's try to get a new coach. Look at the offense. Like I put the pieces here, but the offense stinks. Like you get what I'm trying to say? Like, I feel like that'll be his like way to show like, hey, man, like let's try one more coach. If it doesn't work out, then, you know, you can fire me, I guess. But yeah. it's just like I, I, I kind of see it being that way. But, Kevin, I just want to bring up one thing, okay? There was so much talk during the offseason. You know, the so often about, um, you know, if the Bears don't perform, like is there a chance Nagy and Pace get fired, one or the other, this and that. And I saw so many people saying there's absolutely no way, this and that. And and I, I remember tweeting this, and I'm going to bring it up. I'm I, I don't even care that it's at the expense of, of the Bears, but I will take a victory lap for being right about this because I remember how many people gave me crap. If uh, I literally tweeted, if the like everybody saying that Matt, uh, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, that there's no way they get fired, will be singing a different tune if the Bears struggle this year. And people said, no matter what happens, they are not going anywhere. And I remember tweeting that out. And, I, and, and look at it. Look at what you just asked me. There, there's mm-hmm. already people thinking about this, and we're sitting at five and freaking two. So just tell me that if the Bears miss the playoffs, people are, are not going to be clamoring for, for Pace and Nagy to be out, or at least one of them. Like, you get what I mean? It's like everyone's yes. going to be singing a different tune if the, if, the, if the season ends, you know, in a bad way. 
Take a victory lap, Chris. You're damn right about that one. Uh, you're pretty much spot on. Um, I don't. I mean, I was. I don't know if I was one of those people in the beginning. I think I was always one of the people that thought Ryan Pace wasn't going to get fired because after what we heard from J.J. Stankovitz, I don't know if you remember this, but what he said, which really stood out to me, I think it was Stankovitz, um, was saying that he knew about a conversation between McCaskey and Pace where he said, you know, you're going to have full control of this team till 2021. And they really like each other. McCaskey really likes Ryan Pace. And it, 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 there seems like there's a relationship there that unless things really go south, isn't going to be fractured. Um, now, I don't know if that relationship is the same between Pace and Nagy or between McCaskey and Nagy, but we do know about that strong relationship between the owner and the GM and you know those that that runs deep that one's really deep and that's really telling I think as far as whether Ryan Pace will be the GM for the coming years for the Bears um but that is a question that will again be answered at the end of the year there's a lot of skepticism right now but you know these conversations will change next week if the Bears beat the Saints but let's go to our next caller here this is Nathan from uh, Chicago and one thing I wanted to talk about is the Bears offensive line and as it relates to their quarterback. The thing that the Bears have been missing for years now is a quarterback that everyone can trust. See, the difference between the Bears and, say, like a Patrick Mahomes is that the guys want to block for him, creating that time. And once you got that, once you free up time for the quarterback, then all hell breaks loose in terms of the offense. But when things are not like that and you're just kind of, uh, I guess I'll block for my quarterback, that's when things get thrown off. And I feel like that's what throws off the Bears as of late and or as of these recent years is that they don't really have the time in that pocket for to make the plays that they need to make to become an offensive threat. My guy Nate coming in with a hot take that the offensive linemen aren't willing to block for the quarterback. That's a new one. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't know about I don't know if there's just saying, you know, screw it, we don't want to block for you. But I do think there is, um, you know, something that people don't talk about is that like motivational factor, I guess, in the fact that, you know, things aren't working, things aren't working. And then, you know, drive after drive, they're not working. And I think that kind of does wear down on the players on the offense. Right. I mean, we've spoken about that before. The fact that when things start working and you mentioned there's no trust that it will, you know, get better. And this is in game situations like you're not sprinting out onto the field with five minutes left in the fourth quarter down two touchdowns like ready to make a play like these guys have gone through hell for the first three quarters have moved the ball absolutely nowhere down the field like is that a valid statement that when it comes like when you're not having success the players aren't necessarily as motivated on offense when you're having a rough day Mm, I I think that's a massive breach I really do I I like I think the Bears it's frustration Chris that's what it is it is it is and 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 I, I just I think I think the offensive line is just terrible. Like I, I you know, I feel like it's so bad that you have people questioning. That's kind of the whole thing that I was talking about. Like and I said it as a joke. I was like, man, are these guys even trying? And then like you have people asking questions like this and it's like I feel like that's hilarious cuz cuz dude, there's no way all five guys are just not trying. They're just bad. Like aside from maybe Cody Whitehair, like these guys are just bad. It's a bad unit. Like I and and I think 
Like, it's just hilarious. They've been so bad. People are questioning if they're actually even trying. And that's kind of how I see it. I, I don't know about, about how you see it. No, I just realized that's exactly what you said on the recap episode. The first <laughs> yeah. thing you said about the offensive line was, are these guys even trying? And clearly my guy Nate here is wondering the same damn thing. He's like, this has gotten to the point where I don't even know if they're wanting to block uh, for the quarterback. Yeah, but I just I just is, think they're bad, man. Like, I, yeah, I mean, they are just bad. It's just bad enough to where people see it that way. So, yeah, <laughs> appreciate the I, call, I Nate. I, I don't blame Nate at all, man. I really don't. I, don't, I don't blame him either. Let's go to our next call here. Hey, Kev, what's going on, buddy? Hope you and your boys are all doing good up there, and uh, hope you guys are staying safe. My question for you guys today is, uh, with the resurgence of Trey Burton in Indiana and Adam Shaheen in Miami, you guys think it, this shows more about Matt Nagy as a play caller when it comes to adding a tight end into an offense, or do you think that's just dumb luck? Because at the beginning of training camp, he said that Cole Komet could read a playbook, learn a playbook, and had the fundamentals of a rookie he's never seen before. But then we barely see the guy. I mean, come on, he's, what is it, uh, on, against the Rams, he put, he's in 32% of the offense and Jimmy Graham's in 70%. Is it more of just him not trusting Cole, or is it Matt not being able to find the ability to bring him into the offense? All right, guys. Chris, oh, how did we not talk about it? Your guy, Adam Shaheen, with the big-time extension. Oh, Mikey, appreciate the call, but... Oh my God. Dude. Shaheen, an extension in Miami? What's going on out here? Dude, man, I... I okay, look. There may be something as to why these tight ends are looking better now that they've left the Bears, but let's not act like it wasn't their fault when they were in Chicago. Like... Trey Burton literally couldn't even play for us. He didn't. He didn't even play. It was like, you, you know, he had he had like a, a very solid year in 2018, and then we literally did not see him anymore. And um, Adam Shaheen, I'm not even gonna talk about Adam Shaheen, man. Like it's just, it, it's kind of worthless at this point. Like the dude has five receptions for like 50 yards and two touchdowns this year. Like I'm not. It, it's Adam Shaheen, man. Like <laughs> I just. <laughs> I, but but you know maybe Gronk. Like, what are you talking the, about? I feel like there is maybe something to that, to that, but I feel like it, it's still way too early to to say that you know they're they're you know Trey Burton and Adam Shaheen's failures were because of Matt Nagy. Like we saw Adam Shaheen and Trey Burton kind of put things upon themselves. If you get what I'm trying to say, I wouldn't say their failures are you know because of Matt Nagy. But I will say that I don't know if Matt Nagy really knows how to utilize his tight ends. I mean, what did we see on Monday night? The Bears get in the red zone for the first time, and your leading touchdown score runs off the field the moment you get inside the 20. I mean, what the hell is that? Your guy who has four yeah. touchdowns on the year, you just throw it up to him against even, I don't care if it's Jalen Ramsey, he's bigger than him, he's taller than him. You just throw it up to him when your offense is having no success. Yeah, you're going to be taken off the field for all four downs. What the hell is that? And then how many times do we have to talk about Cole Komet having an unbelievable, not unbelievable, but impressive first quarter, and then, you know, getting, like my guy Mikey said, 32% of the snaps the rest of the game. Makes no sense at all. And, like, this is a guy with talent, and it goes back to the point that, God damn, you're having no success anywhere else. Like, at least give the rookie a shot who's making plays. So I think there is validity to the point that Nagy just in general, maybe not just as it pertains to tight ends, but offensive players in general, doesn't know how to utilize those players. I mean, we talked about this with Tariq Cohen out of the backfield. We've talked about, I mean, maybe even Anthony Miller. Um, We could argue in times. So I don't know. It's concerning, but I, I will see that. You know, I mean, Trey Burton and Adam Shaheen, like you mentioned, aren't, they're not lighting it up. I mean, they're they're 
relatively productive for their respective teams, but those aren't guys who are, you know, going to be put on the Pro Bowl anytime soon. Um, but there is validity to the point that Nagy needs to figure out the way to manage his players on the offensive side. Let's just, um, let, I'll just leave it with, with this. Um, the Bears could be 0-16 getting zero tight end production. I wouldn't take either back. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, just, that, that's honestly I hear you. how I see it. I hear you. So I, I do think, Mikey, that some of that is dumb luck, to be honest. I mean, some of it is the fact that they're not injured. Like, that's really all that's, it is. That's, the kind, of, that's kind of just Bears luck. Yeah, that's just Bears luck. What are we talking about here? It's exactly what it is. All right, let's go to our last caller of the day. Hey, guys, this is Eli. I'm calling for Chicago. I got a question about the quarterback situation. Do you think Foles failing will open people's eyes that this was never Mitch's fault? I feel like he was set up for failure. And I've seen a staff Foles has like 1.8 seconds to throw, which is terrible. But Mitch had that same line. I think he was 2.5 because he could create. So I feel he would be the better option for us. But I'd like to know your thoughts. All right. So your guy, Eli, appreciate the call, my man, coming in uh, with the take that Mitch should be the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know Eli personally. So um, I know he's a pretty big uh, Mitch guy. He's, you know. Uh, just like you, Kevin, I feel like you I think guys Eli and I would be friends. Yeah. I was just going to say you guys would get along great. But, um, you know, yeah, this goes back to everything I was saying. Everything I was saying, the problems were deeper than the quarterback. And, you know, Mitch was scapegoated for too long. And I think people are finally starting to understand that. And this is not me saying Mitch Trubisky is a great quarterback because I really don't think he is. Um, but the bottom line is, you know, the problems were deeper than the quarterback. And now everyone's seeing it. But I will say. I will say it's it is hilarious. And 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 like I said, the problems are deeper than the quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but I just find it really funny how how you know now that Foles is in, it's pretty much everyone but the quarterback's fault. And I've been seeing that a lot. So um I, it's just funny how agendas work. I'll I'll just say that. It it's hilarious. I mean, what did I say in the recap episode? If you if you told me Mitch Trubisky did what he did against the Rams uh, and said that he was getting as little criticism as Foles is on Twitter, I'd tell you you're the craziest man alive. I mean, people are you know not even ripping into Foles here. Again, it's just oh, offensive line is the issue now. Oh wait, the receivers. Oh they're oh the run. Oh that Nagy. Oh those are that's all the issues now. Do you remember? Oh you remember? Sorry, Adam Abdallah. Um, I got to bring this up, but we were talking about Mitch versus Foles back in the offseason. We had our guy Adam Abdah from ESPN Chicago on the show, and he was like, you know, Matt Nagy is just a NASCAR driver driving a Prius, and Mitch Trubisky was the one holding him back, and all this and all that. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, maybe uh, Mitch Trubisky is the NASCAR driver driving a Prius, and, and Matt Nagy's the Prius. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you there, but that's obviously the wrong way to look at it because now that you have had both quarterbacks in there and you can see that there's one common denominator, and it's not the fact that both quarterbacks are bad. Yeah, they're both not great, but the common denominator is the fact that the play calling sucks. So um, appreciate the call, Eli. I do want to also bring up the fact that he said the mobility of Mitch Trubisky, and this is obviously you know, kind of a hot topic right now because everyone's saying, well, when you have a shit offensive line, get yourself a mobile quarterback to create some time, and he brought up those cool stats. Um, and, and I do think there is validity to that, but there's also validity to the point that Mitch Trubisky is a worse passer under pressure. So you kind of have to, you know, weigh the balances there and see, would you rather have a, a mobile quarterback who can get out and create or deal with the fact that if there is a little bit of pressure, Mitch isn't going to make all those throws. But, you know, neither is full, so. You know, I've seen some people even say, like, on the on the other side of the spectrum that, like, it really wouldn't even matter who the quarterback is right now. And that's kind of... That's not I'm... true. 
I don't, don't think, think so? that's true. I mean, so listen, we had a guy, and I responded to him on Twitter, say, I don't, give me Mahomes, give me Rodgers, give me whoever it is. None of these guys will have success. If you don't think Patrick Mahomes would probably have this team undefeated, I think you're crazy. No, I, 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 I don't agree. I don't agree. Really? No, I don't I agree. I mean, better. But uh, better uh, would the offense be better? 100%. But, but would it be would it still be uh where we think it should be because i don't know man i really well, where don't. is where you think it should be fifth around 15th you yeah. you you don't think patrick mahomes nope. will get the bears to be the 15th oh my god dude we you're, talk about you're... listen 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 we talk about we literally just talked about how the offensive line is terrible we can't run the ball uh we have no we're not even we don't even know how to use our weapons with Matt Nagy as the offensive play caller, with this exact coaching staff, you put uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, under center. Would the offense improve? Absolutely, just based off sheer talent of, of, of Patrick Mahomes. But you know, in terms of, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe fifth, because fifteenth is kind of like, I don't know. But man, like it's Kevin. It's bad. This offense is bad, man. Like it. Like we're we're literally bottom five. In every offensive category right now, yeah, like it, it's a joke. It's a complete joke. But I, I mean, I see like Patrick Mahomes is, is might be an exception, but but there are you know a few quarterbacks that that you know it's maybe him and Russell Wilson that could mm-hmm. do something with this. I don't know if anyone else could. I I really don't. I mean, it's just like the way I see it, man. I mean, it, as it pertains to the Rams game, is. You get maybe just an average quarterback to hit the throw to Darnell Mooney, not throw an interception in the red zone, and the Bears win that game. Like, that yeah. that's all it takes. I mean, that is all it takes. And I'm not saying that the throw to Mooney was an easy throw. Again, that we've spoken about it before. It's a tough play. Pressure coming in. You had to kind of really get the timing well on that. But, uh, I mean, you know, the Bears beat the Buccaneers by an extra seven points if an average quarterback can just throw the ball to Darnell Mooney when he's wide open in the red, in the red zone. You remember that play, that yeah. deep ball? Um, I mean, this is like... Uh, I mean, I don't think we have to reach very far to find someone who can be compatible for this offense and just be the average and be the 15 that we need. And quite frankly, I think Mitch Trubisky could be that guy. Sorry, yeah, I, I said it. I said it. Um, and Eli, my guy, thinks so as well. So um, any other thoughts there, Chris, or are we all good? Yeah, just real quick. Like my, The reason why I said the thing about the quarterback is is kind of exactly what you said. Like my whole thing is we're not getting the the opportunities to to you know get those chunk plays very often, and the problem is when we're when we are getting them, which is very rarely, we're not hitting them. So, like I I kind of am kind I'm kind of you know disproving my point, um in a way, but <laughs> like that's what that's what I'm saying. Like if you mm-hmm. have a quarterback like Mahomes or Wilson that can make those very like kind of thread the needle, you know, put the ball in perfect spots. Yeah, maybe the Bears' offense would look better, but there are very few quarterbacks. Like, do you know what I? You know what I mean? Like, it would have to be a perfect, like, type of performance week in and week out by that great quarterback still um, for, for the offense to look better. Like, I feel like even Mahomes at his worst wouldn't suffice. Uh, Mahomes, you know, not playing at his absolute best. I feel like it would have to take the quarterback's absolute best. And one other thing I want to bring up before we wrap up is the fact that I don't think people understand that the Bears playmakers, as far as receivers, are not very good uh, as it comes to gaining separation and getting the ball on the open field. Um, I I think both Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky, when they were the starters, had, I, I believe, led the league in tight throws. Um, yeah. So throwing into 
you know, tight, tight doors. Windows. And that's not, that, yeah, tight windows. That's what it is. And that's not just them being aggressive and trying to squeak a ball in there. Mitch did that a lot. Uh, but that's because the receivers aren't getting separation. I mean, as much as I love Allen Robinson, as much as I love Anthony Miller, both those guys rank near the bottom of the league in separation. Um, and, you know, I'm not, you know, Allen Robinson's top five receiver in the league, and I'll still stand by that. But that is some of the problem is that you just mentioned the fact that, you know, these guys got to be perfect. Yeah, they do got to be perfect. I mean, Anthony Miller is not getting five yards of separation between him and the slot cornerback. I mean, Darnell Mooney sometimes is. But in general, like, those are just the three guys. Like, they need another weapon. They need another playmaker who can get some separation, get them the ball in open field, and let them work. Because you look at the best offenses in the league, the Cardinals right now, uh, the Seahawks, the, the, the Chiefs. What they do, they just, you know, it doesn't have to be a 40-yard bomb to get 40 yards. It can be a five-yard air pass that gets 40 yards because of the run-after-catch. And they give their uh, receivers the opportunity to make the ball, uh, or sorry, make a play in open field and use their speed to their advantage. Now, I do think part of that could be Matt Nagy's scheme and not scheming guys open. I think there's validity to that. But this just goes to the point what I was trying to get to is I think the Bears need to make a move for a wide receiver at the deadline. John Ross is out there. He's a guy that can get open. Um, somebody out there, Will Fuller, like you mentioned. Now, I don't think Ryan Pace will do it, but they should. And that's where I was kind of trying to get to with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree with all that, man. Um, I, I just, yeah, like we've, we've brought it up, you know, before as well. Like, just like look at every time a, a Bears player catches the ball, like they're instantly getting tackled. Like, I just don't think that's a coincidence. I, a Bears receiver never mm-hmm. catches the ball with room to run. Like, and I feel mm-hmm. like that is absolutely not a coincidence at all. Not at all. Um, so hopefully that changes. Appreciate this episode, guys. Appreciate you guys calling in. This was a lot of fun. We're hoping to maybe do this every few weeks, every week maybe. Um, you know, it's a little bit hard with the time crunch, but you guys had some really awesome calls. Uh, shout out to Mark, Eric, Hunter, Ethan, Nate, Mikey, and Eli uh, for submitting some MP3 files. If you guys are listening to this right now, you can send us any file, any question, thought you have to bearsnationpodcast at gmail.com or through our DMs on Twitter or Instagram. We'd love to hear other people chime in uh, and express their thoughts about the team so we can interact with you guys, the listeners, because you guys keep us afloat. You guys support us. You guys are the reason we keep doing it week after week. So big shout-out to you guys. Big shout-out to everyone uh, who tuned in this week and every week. Appreciate you guys. Preview episode uh, for the Saints game is coming out tomorrow. Be on the lookout for that. We'll get you guys all ready and set for the Bears 425 Eastern Time matchup against the Saints. So, Chris, good stuff, my man. We'll see you next time for that Saints preview, all right? Bear down. Yeah.